joining us. This is Paul Wilson. And Chris Hemke. And you're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Chris, uh, we've had another crazy week over at Calibrated Power, home of Duramax Tuner. We just launched our HD grid heater hold down for the Roxor. It doesn't sound like much, but it's a big deal. It it really is. So Uh, anytime, you know, and any of any of the companies in the industry, there's a lot of cool products, and those products have multi-function, multi-purpose, if you will. Um, but then you get a product where it's like, this is a necessity. Like, this platform, this is needed, yeah. and that's what the HD holdown does. So what, what is it exactly, Paul? Sure. So where the grid heater mounts uh, on the on it, the track of the intake, I'll yep. say, right? Uh, just beneath the grid heater, the plate that it actually mounts to doesn't seal. I, I mean, just factually, does not seal. So we've seen boost leaks like on pretty stop. much any rock store we've had right. in the shop, right? So, so what we did was the guys over on the engineering team and Nick actually pulled this apart and looked at it and said, okay, one, we need this plate to seal to the grid heater, and two, we need this plate to seal to the actual rock store itself, to mm-hmm. the actual motor itself. So, so they've actually designed an all new intake mounting plate, uh, or I'm sorry, grid heater mounting plate. That you, you literally pull the grid heater off, you pull the factory piece off, you put this on. There's an extra bolt that goes in it yep. that'll help. It, it's reinforce everything. Yeah, yep. maximum amount of clamping down pressure yep. you could get, and it holds everything together. So then you can mount your grid heater and your stock intake or aftermarket intake yep. or whatever you want back on top of that. Uh, it's a really cool little piece, it's a very simple install. We were scheduled to do an install video here this week. It got bumped out to yeah. next week. We'll have that out very soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you guys have a Roxor, you probably already know about this problem. Yeah. And you can give us a call today and talk to Chris about getting yourself set up with a yeah. solution. Uh, one of the other things I want to talk about today, Chris, is we are about to launch a new... It's the first time we've done this. So we've been doing the Diesel Insight series yes. uh, over on the YouTube channel at Duramax Tuner been for a long time. Been doing very well. Been doing very well. Very well. Yeah. People seem very to well love accepted. them. Uh, Nick and I got together and we said, hey, we want to do this kind of longer video. Well, we were hoping for it to be about 40 minutes. It came out to be probably like, I don't know, 90 to 120 minutes Whoa. of footage. Wow. Yeah, so so we took a 2019 Cummins, okay. the Dually. We took uh, Tim Mahoney's 2020 Power Stroke. Okay. And then we took Nick's 2020 uh, Duramax. Yeah. And we hooked them all up obviously one at a time, to the same trailer with the same big tractor, the Zader tractor so on there. So you're kind of doing something like what the magazines used to do years ago. Here's the three new platforms. Here's first impression, like a motor, a truck trend style. S- similar. Definitely cool. that's what it was inspired by. The big twist we put on it was we actually ran them all with a tune. And, okay. and, and because it's Nick, um, we ran them all with a big tune. Yeah, of course. So so we didn't just throw on like the, the small reasonable toe tune they all were running their sport or street tunes on them at the time really really cool we had a lot of fun with it uh we did a draggy run with the trailer hooked up on all of them so we actually measured zero to 60 on all three platforms Mm -hmm. so you can see the difference we have dyno numbers on all three platforms the the challenge we ran into is that it, it there, there was just a lot to talk about. So of we course. have an well, intro video. Yeah. Then we have three 20 to 30 minute say, ride-alongs. So this is going to be a series. Yeah. And, nice. the, and then we have, what we actually, we haven't even shot the wrap-up video yet with wow. our final thoughts. Damn, so um, you're actually doing something these days. You know, once in a while. That's pretty once cool. Don't tell nobody. I'm actually hyped about that. That's really <laughs> exciting to see. And it's like, you know, we get the calls all the time, you know, and it's like, oh, well, you know, guys call like, what, zero to 60 with the tune? And it's like, uh, like, I, I, I personally could care less. Like, that's right. not something I really care for. But having that type of data collected just you know it once again shows you know we care and we we 
we are a, da- a data collecting, you know, institution. That's right, <laughs> you man. know, data driven so results. That's right? awesome. That's real yeah. cool. So, so I'm really excited for that. the The first intro video is going to be hitting the YouTube channel next week. So if you okay. guys are listening now on whatever the date is, September this is 19th, 18th, 19th. Yeah, who knows? If you're if you're listening around this time, uh, very shortly here at the end of September, we're going to be kicking off the series. So we'll have. Five diesel insight videos around this one topic. Yeah. I think it'll be really very cool. This really cool for for viewers. Um, Chris, the other thing I want to dive into today: Exergy Performance. You saw that? Yes. Yeah. How cool is this? You know, <clears throat> another another big topic that we get at the shop, and it's usually fucking winter. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what kind of additive do I run in my truck? Right, yep. and I have to be that that jerk. Right, I I don't really believe in it. I don't add it. Have gelled up. Um, one time, and it was bad fuel, right? That was that was determined by our skilled technicians here at the shop. Um, that one time, that's the only time I've ever had a problem, right? Right. And I always try to run number two, not bio. There's some fuel stations out by me that, you know, they don't have bio in their diesel, and that's usually what I try to run. And a lot of that is, you know, working and seeing companies like Exergy where – their, to me, their word is bond. If they say something, I believe in it. They've invested the time, resources, money, everything into if they are going to promote something and stand behind it, like chances are it's not snake oil. They're right? legit engineers. Yep. We know this. And we've had other interviews and discussions with other additive companies. And don't get me wrong, I understand what they're saying. I don't buy into it. Yeah, yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of theory. <laughs> I, well, I think for me, there's a, a measured result yep. that I'm looking for, and and while while I believe in the science that they provide, yep. because there are there are some companies out there who do have really good science right. and data collection behind it to say this works. Yep. What I find is that the nominal result to me is not worth the effort. Right. So even though it, it, it's it, it's still net gain, yeah. right? So by running it, ah, sure you're gonna air quotes, <laughs> right? Right. By running this under these perfect conditions, right. it should pay for itself. <clears throat> Whatever that self is, right? Whether it's anti-gelling, better fuel yep. mileage, uh, more, e- or, or I'm sorry, cleaner emissions. Whatever that is, is it worth me actually caring? Like, is it making enough of an impact that I actually want that impact? Usually, I'm right there with you, yep. and I'm like, man, I'm just not going to do it. I'll wait till there's a problem. And then last week comes around. Yeah, and Exergy comes out, and now Exergy has their own line of diesel fuel additive. Um, they have a winter blend and and a like a summer blend essentially. Yeah, they have two different ones, and I, it was really cool to see what kind of bullet points, if you will, like what what are the advantages. Uh, This is the one that jumped off to me right away. was highest lubricity rating of 17 brands tested. Like, I know them. These are legit double-blind tests where they're they're looking at this to see what is the best, not looking at this to see – if they can say there's a there is mine that wasn't that wasn't the one that came at me uh, the most impressive really what jumped up uh decreased soot particles and less visible smoke and fewer dpf regens like to me that's a big picture because you know we we think about this right diesel engines in in the common rail side of things were were 20 years in right yeah 10 of these have been dpf def egr equipped those are the like half half of the high perform or the 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 newer technology, right? I don't know what's the best terminology there, but there's a lot of gains, and this is this is crucial to these trucks. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, we think about it, and 
I know guys who run special fluid in their transmission, special fluid in their oil, special additive in in their fuel. I run AMS oil, or I run Royal Purple, and like, okay, great, like, great, good brand. Um, I run Rotella. <laughs> um, but but I, I think thinking about what is the maintenance yeah. and, and what is the preventative maintenance yeah. to keep my emissions equipment running healthy, yeah. and we know that the lower the soot output, the better. Yeah. So these are huge. Uh, they they also of course. Increases fuel economy up to ten percent. Boost five points, which is huge. That's yep. going to be more power. Maintains cleans injectors, which I mean, <laughs> you know, that, but, that's kind of a no brainer. <laughs> it's a given. Their world, right? So separates moisture <clears throat> for more thorough removal, that, which is a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, it's a ton of crazy bullet points. I can't wait. I want to get them on a podcast and kind of go through the ins and outs of. Their R and D on this. Yeah, I so, think you're right. I think, I think we'll that to needs to be a future to episode. I like it. We'll That's set awesome. it up, uh, guys. One of the other things I wanted to give a big shout out about was the WC Fab 10th anniversary sled pull. That's going on tomorrow, September 19th. 19th. Yeah. Today is the 18th. 18th. Um, it, guys, it's it's one of the few sled pulls going on. It's out in DeKalb, uh, 2657 Wagner Court, DeKalb, Illinois. That's right. So 2 p.m. tomorrow. Yep. Uh, if you're listening, if you're in the area, if you're a local guy, make sure you make your way out there. It's going to be a blast. And WC Fab has some of the coolest fucking sled pull trucks out there. You know so they're going to have a display. Going to love seeing it. Oh, yeah, for sure. They're going to have a display. They have a lot of cool stuff. One of the things that I think they'll probably have is one of their newer products. Right. And that's the, the L5P Duramax Transmission Cooler Thermostat Bypass Plug. Have you, have you seen s- that thing? I, I was just going to ask you the slick. same question. This is so cool. I actually talked to an end user who had just put it in and raved about it. No kidding. Yeah, loves it. Says it. Talk made about a huge timing, impact. man. I know it that's was, awesome. It was pre- I actually I was I was writing today's outline. And I was like, oh yeah, I did just have somebody <laughs> mention this. I was looking at this product yesterday and I looked it up. Um, Chris, you want to give us a quick read on it? Yeah. So uh, what it is is it's a the, the stock transmission thermostatic bypass uh, for warming up the Allison quickly in cold weather conditions. Um, it has a good idea in principle, right? Uh, where do we go from here? So, but in the practice, we've they've seen them fail in forcing trans fluid around the cooler um, in warm weather conditions that causes dangerous fluid temperatures uh, for a built or a stock transmission alike. Um, they've been running this design on their shop truck and development trucks uh, with built transmission successfully, and have now been making them available for purchase uh, separately due to popular demand. Yeah. So, so what I thought was cool is is. They're looking at how all of the actual electronics are working in the Mm -hmm. transmission. And this is one of those very simple concepts of saying, like, hey, this this thermostat, what's happening is that it's not opening and closing properly. It's not releasing properly. And that's also going to lead to pulling back power out of the out of the engine, right? Yep. Like you're not hitting D rate mode, but you're edging towards it, yeah. or it could throw you into D rate yep. mode. Well, you got to think about long term reliability. Yeah, you know, long term reliability. A transmission that runs at 150 degrees for uh, 200,000 miles is probably going to be in a little bit better shape <laughs> than a transmission running at 230 degrees for that same time frame. Now, different manufacturers run different temperatures. We know that the Ford transes run a little hotter. Not trying to steal any limelight from this, sure. but you know. To the Ford guys out there, the Ram guys out there, little different process, right? But we've seen with the 68 RFEs, there's a there's a bypass uh, thermostatic bypass valve for those as well, right? Um, so we're starting to see, you know, as as these trucks make their way into the industry, right? And guys are using them, working them, getting miles on them. Um, in a perfect world, these trucks work well, but under certain circumstances, not every customer is gonna 
appreciate this upgrade. But the guys that are listening to this, the guys that are really studying and working their trucks, you know, it's a little different story. Absolutely. You know, I think of it, Chris, is um, I remember when I was real young in high school and my brother had like his first stick shift car mm-hmm. and his brakes started going out. And, he, and he's so broke at the time. He's like, oh, man, I can't afford brakes. And he starts like downshifting oh, yeah. instead of braking. Right. Oh, we've, yeah. all, we've all been this dumb to do this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and finally, he stopped when one of his friends was like, dude, are you going to spend your money on replacing the clutch or replacing the brakes? Yeah. Which one's going to be cheaper? And I kind of think of this like that. Like, yeah. listen, you're going to be using your cooler more. Chances are your cooler's going to need to clean yeah. more regularly or, mm-hmm. or even there's gonna be There's going to be more debris that are going to wear from the clutch and steels, which is going to make its way into the cooler. Right. So it's, you know, and this plug isn't expensive and it's a pretty simplistic yeah, install. Bucks. So it's the kind no-brainer. of a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, speaking of no-brainers, Chris, I think when it comes to talking about competition – that, that that's something that that we jump into maybe without thinking ahead mm-hmm. quite often, right? Like how many times have we taken a daily driver and run it to the sled poles because there's a sled pole going on tonight? We do it a lot, right? Like that's yeah. just that's a normal thing that we're into. Um, but some guys do take their time and plan things out and really want to experiment with some crazy concepts. So okay. I came across a listener who reached out to us, uh, Ian Weiss. We're going to hear from him today. Such a cool story about his 05 LLY with 200,000 miles on it. Oh, wow. He has a parts list longer <laughs> longer than my arrest record. Longer than what you do in a week at work. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, he's taken this truck from hauling trailers to a full-blown race truck. No kidding. On Ooh. stock injectors. Oh, wow. Okay. Wait. Tell you what. Let, let's just kick it over. Awesome. Let's kick it over to the interview and just wait until you hear about this, kid. Let's do it. All right, guys, and now it's time for what you've been waiting for. Uh, we got Ian Weiss on the line today. Ian, how the hell are you? I'm great, Paul. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Thanks so much for asking, and thanks so much for joining us today, Ian. I know uh, I always appreciate it when somebody reaches out to us and wants to get on the show and, and come and kind of talk about their truck and talk about their experience, and I think you got a really cool vehicle that I'm excited to dive into. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. I'm excited for it, too. No problem, man. Uh, so let, let's kick it off at the top here. Tell the listeners, what are you driving? Let's see. I got an 05 Chevy Silverado, LLY in it. Um, yeah, nothing fancy. <laughs> How many miles are on this bad boy? Let's see. When I got it, I had about 140,000 on it. Now we're creeping up real close to 200,000 miles on it. I love these old trucks and guys, this is something you you've definitely heard me say before about the impracticality of how much we buy these trucks for what we invest in them and then what they are. Cause on paper, you're talking about a 16 year old truck with 200,000 miles. But I know from looking at the pictures and checking out some videos and reading through the mod list that this thing's, this thing's a bit of a sleeper. It's, it's something that that's really going to jump out at you if you're behind the the steering wheel. Right. Exactly. I mean, throughout its whole life, when I first got it, oh, what, almost six years ago now, started out as a grandpa truck. I mean, this thing was stock wheels. Everything was perfect on it. The guy used it to tow his race part of the track and take his kid fishing. I mean, it was as good as it got, as stock as it could be. And then from there, second phase of its life, I got it and turned it into a full-time ranch truck, hauling hay and 12 horse trailers 
and then it's evolved into full-blown racetruck now <laughs> from hauling trailers to a full-blown racetruck god i love that sentence um okay this is the list i got i had jotted down was dual cp3s sdp compounds uh suncoast trans oh let's see you got coilovers water meth nitrous kryptonite front end efi live tuning tires intake am i missing anything um let's see obviously i got some air to your head stud um fluid dampener with that um let's see got a fully built rear end with yukon goodies in the back um got the grizzly locker from all staff years um racing speed is completely gutted inside now got the left hand windows GPS fiberglass on it for the bedside. Running a fuel cell now. Um, just some traction bars that I built for it. Running the hood stack now. I made the commitment. But man, this this thing went from sleeper to race truck quick, huh? Exactly. I uh I daily drove <laughs> it five yeah four and a half five years, and then from there once I got I got an L5T now, so. I, you know, the gloves were off. I said, you know, everything that I've been putting off doing to this truck, I'm going to do it. It's just kicking the garage. I can still take it out on the street. You know, it's, it's got really good street manners and everything like that. Just having a S480 over the top of the stock charger. And it's great. It's fun on the street. I can still go down to the track and run some pretty respectful times. Well, what have you, what's your best pass in that? Um, let's see. Last month I went eleven thirty four at a hundred and nineteen mile an hour. Whew. Man, that is fun. And That's fun when you're when you're first getting into it. That first time that you're your sub twelves is just it feels like a rocket ship. Exactly. And that is stock bottom end and stock injector truck. Oh my god. So I've been trying to push the limits of what I can do on a stock bottom end and everything like that. And even up here in Denver at altitude, I thought it'd be a pretty big feat to be able to have a 10 second stock bottom end LOY of all things with stock injectors. Yeah, no shit. Whereabouts, uh, you said in Denver, so are you going out to Bandemir Speedway? You know it. <laughs> Bandemir's are. That's your home track, huh? Yes, sir. I love it. I love it. All right, man. Well, up in that elevation, I know that twin kit's a big help, but uh, God knows diesel power challenge has taught us, uh, you, you know, you, you need the nitrous to stay competitive. How long ago did you put the nitrous on there? What would you tell to somebody who's brand new to running nitrous? Actually, um, I consider myself pretty new to the nitrous world. I only put it on to help out a little bit on the top end of the track. I put it on up two weeks ago, and I have yet to make a hit on the street with it or test it out. But all I was looking for is just, you know, a little bit more to help cool down, you know, that air coming in. As well as see if I can add a little bit of power. I've heard a couple guys saying, you know, even if you're out of fuel, which clearly I am with stock injectors. At this sure. Level, you could put more on top of it down the back half be able to pick up a little bit more power and that's all i need for getting into the pen 
Okay. Okay. Really, really pl- flirting with disaster here. What are your plans if if this shit goes sideways? If you lose the motor, are you done? Are you out? Is it time for a build? It is time for a build. I've been planning this for a couple of years with a good friend of mine now, um, Wade Boy down at Ethel Raging. Um, we're gonna definitely build it. Um, if it, you know, all I want to do is get that 10 second pass under my belt, and then after that, motor's coming out, and we're gonna start building it. Um, look at the, you know, it's a pretty big feat again, but I like the challenge. I'm trying to go for about 1500 on fuel, and then obviously make it to, you know, I'm not going for 2000 horsepower, but just a little bit more than that, I feel like would be pretty fun. <laughs> sure, sure. I think pretty fun's a bit of an understatement. I like it. I like it playing it cool. Uh, what are your plans for this? Do you want to get into like a diesel power challenge? Are you going to go all out and go for UCC down the road? Where do you see your future with diesel performance? Um, I like to set the goals high. I I thought it would be fun, you know, to play at our home court here and do DCC, but going fiberglass in Lexan, you know, it kind of takes me out of the running for doing that. But I thought it would be a pretty cool thing to get into, at least being a competitor or qualifier at UCC one day. That's why it's kind of a pro street truck. It does have everything um, on it, full of sled, too. So once I get the 10 on there, maybe I'll try and hook up to a sled here um, and see what I can do there. Yeah, sled pulling seems to be that surprise. I mean, obviously, all of the UCC winners have experience at the highest levels of drag racing competition. Um, we've seen now what was NHRDA, all the guys, you know, now if, I, I think that are still in it have all moved over to ODSS. They seem to really be running the lead with uh, the actual diesel drag racing that's going on on, on a kind of month to month or day to day basis now. Do you see yourself getting in and doing some traveling and chasing down the circuit and trying to do make some of those races? I would like to try and make it out to a couple of them, but you know, it's just, especially with everything going on right now, it's just it's a lot to try and make it out there. Um, but I would like to because we don't have many events out here. You know, Diesel Power Challenge and ATS uh, Gauntlet Challenge are about all we have out here in the West Coast, in Central U.S. So getting out east making it to some events once, you know, I'm more of uh editor with those guys. You know, what I'm doing is nothing compared to them, but I'm setting myself up on smaller power level to hopefully one day compete at higher levels, you know, in Pro Street. Yeah, man, for sure. I think it's really cool. I, th- I think it's a lot of fun going the path you've gone, which is kind of <laughs> – sounds like you've kind of had a, a – a different approach to getting into the 11s, right? Where most guys would just continue to build your fuel and air system. And then, so with that, it's going to come supporting mods like a motor and things of that nature. Whereas in you, you've gone heavily towards the weight reduction side to get the truck light, to get it down to the 11s, going to be using the, the water math and the, and the nitrous to keep it cool and, and kind of replace some of that fuel supply, uh, which is essentially what those, those are doing. Um, the next step is is kind of a huge step once you get to this point in the build. So this is usually a really good time to look back and think about the things that what went right and what went wrong throughout this build. What do you think was the the part or the modification that you've made to the truck so far today that had the biggest impact? What was really just 
the the greatest decision you made when it came to your build on this truck? I think the greatest impact is my very first modification of the truck. When I first got it um, from the the previous owner, it had about 25% of the teeth on the flex plate missing, which led me oh my God. to build the transmission. So I don't want to do anything twice. So I built my transmission, you know, drive train and everything like that from day one. So having a built transmission and I was forced to get a billet flex plate and all this from Suncoast running their, um, their triple disc torque converter along with the G-Max 5 kit and that. So, I mean, from day one, having a built transmission, even on a stock truck, and it's still the same transmission. I've, I've pulled trailers with it, raced with it. Even in the same exact day, I've gone to Bandemir with the 420s on, ran a, you know, uh, low 13-second pass, which was nothing back then, and then drive up two hours, two and a half hours up in the mountains and go haul a full horse trailer. But having a built transmission has probably been the best thing I've ever done with and, you know, set me up great for the future. Yeah, and that that's a tough one to do, right? Because it's a big investment, and it's not like all of a sudden – you you've doubled the horsepower of the truck right it's not like all of a sudden you're gonna cut a second off of your quarter mile time but it is what allows you to do those things it is what allows you to to build your truck in the future it is what allows you to be able to cut seconds off of your quarter mile time so it's cool to hear that you did it early it did it right what's gone wrong what has been the biggest pain in the ass when you think back to all the mods you've made to this truck honestly i really I've stayed ahead of everything. You know, I've done my research. I really like getting ahead of everything. Like I was saying, just getting the transmission built. I knew where I was going with it in the future. And just, you know, reading books, reading forums, talking to people that in the industry that are willing to help. Um, I really haven't had any problems. Every time I know when I'm getting close to something or I'm reaching a limit, which I'm really close to a bunch of those, um, <laughs> you know, if I can take care of it before it's a problem, then, you know, I'll do it and I'll, I'll do it one time and I won't have to work back. And that's just one. one less thing I got to touch again and, you know, saving time and money on build. For sure, man. Well, hey, I know we're really excited to get our draggy competition getting back on the road and going. Uh, we've had a little bit of a holdup since nobody can actually buy a draggy right now. Uh, so the manufacturer is a little bit behind. Once we get back out, I'm sure you'll be entering one of the classes with your truck. I'd assume the WC Fab Big Turbo class would be a great match for you. Uh, are there any other guys out in your area you want to give a shout out to? Um, let's see, just. Wade Boyd down at Diesel Daydream, um, he's been a big help. Jared Patterson, who's the one who originally built my transmission, he's down in Colorado Springs at Patterson Custom Diesel. Um, and then Sam over at Carolina Diesel Performance has been a huge help with getting the suspension stuff set up and dialed in. Other than that, that's, uh, that's pretty much all the big guys that have been helping besides some close friends. Good stuff, man. Uh, what's that piece of advice you'd like to share with all the listeners? What's the thing you learned that you think every diesel owner needs to know? Oh, man. If you think you're going to break it, you should probably just go ahead and replace it before it even happens. 
If you're taking your truck to somebody and you're in pieces, you know, they're going to do it for you, but it's going to be a pain in their butt. But if you bring it to them and you say, hey, I want to get ahead of this, you know, it's going to save time just bringing them something that they want to rather than having to fix broken stuff. I, you know, my my whole goal is just get ahead of it. Know what's happening, like know where you are with, you know, hard parts and things like that. You know, just do your research to know the limits of it. I dig it. I think that's some real good advice we could all benefit from. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, guys, if you want to follow along, uh, I'm sure Ian will be happy to post up some pictures of his truck on the Facebook group. That's Fans of Diesel Performance Podcast Facebook group. Make sure you join it. The group has been growing rapidly. So if you're not already on it, jump on Facebook. Join the Facebook group. We'll talk about podcast stuff and other cool diesel stuff. For today, this has been Paul Wilson, and thank you so much for listening. So you're um, actually doing something these days. You know, once in a while. That's pretty cool.